crazy shit so the first thing i want to talk about jordan is mulatto she recently dropped her album 777 yes and it's actually a pretty good album i'm not finna cap it's not a bad album i ain't gonna sit here and say it's like grammy worthy or anything (laughs) it ain't nothing that like that but it was actually a pretty good album Uh, she had some good features on there she had some dope people on there so recently oh you already know once i said it so recently you already know the bullshit coming i meant to give y'all a warning but here come the foolishness <laughs> recently before her album came out you she was going on her little press rounds you know you know going on the radio shows talking about her albums talking about her experiences you know y'all know what artists do when their albums start to come out so she went she went on the radio station and she actually went on the radio station and said that she was feeling kind of stressed about her album coming out and the reason why she was feeling stressed about her album was because a guy that was on the album that's featuring on the album was giving her a hard time clearing the album now i'm gonna play this little clip for y'all what she said because it happened to her not me so she can explain it better than me so go ahead and check it out and i'm gonna be back with y'all with the rest of my commentary i hope y'all light lit y'all blunt because i'm already smoked <laughs> let's get into it do you get frustrated uh, because, still to this day yeah oh yeah why do you say still to this stop. day um you know you got letdowns you got yeah. you know being a female rapper like i'm clearing my album right now and it's been like difficult to deal with these men, you know what I'm saying? They, right. they don't know how to keep it business and then they want to like... <laughs> what do you mean by that? So, like, I don't care, like, baby, I'm gonna just keep it 100. It's a feature on my album um, that it was like, it was difficult to clear and they like trying to drop their nuts on me <gasps> because I won't respond to a, a DM. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it a, mm-hmm. and without saying the name, huh. but is it artist or producer or somebody? Artist. Po- oh, wow. Artist, yeah. And they'll still be on the album? Yeah, just because I love the song so much and I had to turn it in yesterday, so I didn't really have a choice. So I was like backed into a corner like bully. But I wish more females would speak up on stuff. I know like the label and stuff, they say, you know, don't do not do that, bad business, whatever. Man, these folks be trying to drop yeah. nuts on female rappers. Then, like, I'm not going to shut up about that. Also, too, Lotto, it's like you, you got to expose the game, too. Yeah. Because there's somebody that's coming up either mm-hmm. next to you, behind you, or, right. you know, it could be a year or two. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, Lotto, we think... All right, he was talking too much. But anyways... <laughs> yeah, I heard what she had to say about the situation. And... So after she said that people were speculating, people were like, oh, shit, like, we wonder who it is. Like, who is she talking about? Shit, when I seen it, I was like, oh, shit. When she dropped this track list, we finna figure out, you already know, people like to play detective on motherfuckers' social media. So somebody was gonna try to play detective and say who they thought it was. So she ended up dropping the track list a few days later. When the track list drops, everybody, when we see the track list, everybody assumes it's Kodak. <laughs> she had five, five other niggas on that track list. She had 21 Savage. She had Nardo. What? 
she had Kodak, Lil Wayne, Childish Gambino, and Little Dirk. So she had six total niggas on the track list. And out of all six, everybody assumed it was Kodak. So when Kodak started hearing the rumors or, you know, I guess the fans, because she ain't say no name. So I get the fans were saying Kodak. Once he started hearing some of the fans saying that he was the one giving Mulatto a hard time, he made a tweet on Twitter. He said on Twitter, that Mulatto girl is not talking about me, homie. I see y'all steady reaching, LOL. Shawty ain't even say a nigga name. On that shit, I don't even know why the fuck y'all make a nigga wear that jacket. I'm too fly for that shit, homie. So that was his response, right? Now, after his response, y'all, it, it kind of like, it kind of made the eyes all look at him because again she ain't say no names the only people saying Kodak was the people that seen the track list out of all six of the niggas on that track list you was the only nigga you was the only nigga to say so that make you look a little bit suspicious dog i ain't go cap to you he, he was looking a little bit suspicious so now everybody really saying this Kodak because again out of all these niggas you don't only want to say something. Now it's like, nigga, you kind of, you bit the bait a little bit. Like, you should have just shut up. Anyways, after that, his DJ, his DJ went on his Instagram story and got to make him post about Lotto. Now, y'all, this ain't make it no better. <laughs> I'm not sure if he thought he was, like, helping the situation. But, like, everything he was saying, bro, he made it. 10 times worse <laughs> but i ain't for the cap he was kind of eating her up just a little bit but he, he he ain't helped the situation at all so i'm gonna read to y'all what he said he said let me fill you in with this bullshit with lotto it's all about she asked for a feature a while back we charged her a normal weight and she wanted a swap since her verse won't really do anything for us we asked for a swap for our female artists and charged her substantially less she was de she declined and said she was going to not use direct out of the blue she decided to accept a higher fee and still not offer a swap for our artists talk about empowering fe fellow female rap now she's on some bullshit that she was uncomfortable in holding up your album i know you're not talking about us is this nigga his dj or his girlfriend bro anyways like he said, he said, I know you not talking. You were on your defense shit when you was getting in the car. When no one is actually getting in the car and playing your records. Damn. Your whole album was, has legal issues. I'm on the email chain. Damn. Stop trying to pull this fictitious fuel empathy card for sales. You tried to assassinate my brother's character. I'm going to destroy your he also said that's why she won't say a name she's full of shit she knows and she keeps things general and up for assumption she's gonna get her pity i had to hit the blunt for that one <laughs> well that kind of solved it obviously she was talking about kodak y'all because he, he he did not make the situation no better they both should have just been quiet if they was really trying to make it seem like it was a thing why is y'all the only ones mad and upset like this he was so mad that he had to say all of that but it wasn't about but he said he not they're not talking about him i know you're not talking about his head ass that shit sounded like scott sweet he sounded like a girlfriend bro like how he was defending him he, he sounded like his fucking cheerleader oh uh, well he is his dj so i guess he's supposed to be a little bit but goddamn, he was sounding like a little go kodak go kodak it's just a tad bit sweet my boy just a tad bit sweet but anyways i'm off that situation the next thing I want to talk about, the next thing I want to talk about, y'all, 
I'm gonna name this segment y'all Battle with the Chicken Heads. This don't hear y'all. This shit I'm finna tell y'all. It just don't make no sense. It just don't make no sense, y'all. So recently, Jada and Little Baby broke up. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Jada and Little Baby recently broke up. Jada announced it before the blogs did because she said she wanted to say it before people tried to make her look stupid. So she told everybody that her and Little Baby was no longer together, and he was in his feelings because some dudes in his DMs and her DMs. Ooh, my bad. Her DMs, <laughs> and she was like. Niggas see one nigga in my DM and they get butt hurt, but be out here fucking a whole bunch of hoes type shit. And they broke it off. Long story short, because that's not what I really want to talk about. I really don't want to talk about that breakup. What I really want to talk about is these chicken heads. (laughs) Chief Keith. Baby mamas, bro. These two baby mamas, bro. I ain't never heard no chicken head shit like this, y'all. Let me read. First of all, no. No, 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 no. Chicken head number one. Chicken head number one went on live, y'all. She went on live and she was talking about how she had messed with a little baby. Now, this was after Jada had announced that they had broke up and everything. So, I'm going to play this little clip for y'all of what she had to say. And then I'm going to come back with y'all with the rest of it because, Lord Jesus. Because Jada don't know me. Like, y'all asking why Jada. We don't know each other. We spoke over a little baby. You know what I'm saying? So, it's... I guess homegirl still mad. I don't know. So last weekend, me and little baby linked up. It's two fees you must pay when you have a girlfriend in the industry. You must pay your hush money fee, and you have to pay your transaction fee. Okay, so what happened was everything was going good. When it was time for the hush money, some of the things that I had required from him, he... You strike that. Um... He thought it was included in the in the payment so he didn't want to pay all of the hush money okay so bam by you not paying the hush money i'm going to expose you i've been doing this for years i've been in the industry about five six years y'all know from me being chief key baby mama to six nine this shit kind of gave me a headache that shit really kind of gave me a headache y'all y'all heard that chicky shit yeah she talking about hush money she sound like that sound like prostitution she talk about hush money no it's not like prostitution to me bro you if i man she just admitted to prostitution on live y'all talk about some hush money she she out here bagging that she out here getting passed around in the industry she took about being in the industry for about five six years doing what <laughs> doing what yeah, fuck it. You you ain't doing shit else in the industry, but fuck it. Fucking suck it. Fucking suck it. <laughs> bro, I'll tell you, if I ever had a female like this, I, if I was a rapper and a female was talking about some hush money, bro, I'm going to the police. I'm snitching. I don't care. You, and all, you know what I'm saying? That this girl just, I slept with her and she talking about she wants some money out of me. Ain't that prostitution? Can she go to jail for that? Arrest this bitch. <laughs> Arrest her. Take her. She gotta go. Cause no, nah, they tripping. But anyways, that's not even it, y'all. Chief Keith, other baby mama, y'all. Chicken head number two. She made a post saying, post him again, little girl, and I'ma make you cry. Now, after she made that post, right, she added Slim Dangerous. I guess Slim Dangerous, chicken head number one using the hang on Instagram. She added her. She said, always want to claim to fuck when a nigga after me, but don't ever have the receipt. 
with the looking eyes and the laughing face, right? So after she posts that, she posts these screenshots of her and little baby texting in the DMs on Instagram. She said, where you at? You in my city? He sent the looking eyes. He said, where you at? She said, Southdale. I'm, and she blocked out the rest of the words. He said, pull up. She said, where? I'm pretty sure she, he sent the Addy because she blocked that shit out. And she said, bet, I'm finna be sucking a fuck <laughs> Well, she blocked out what she said, but that's what I'm assuming she said. Because, bro, it ain't no way. And, and they on social media, y'all bragging about this. They arguing about who actually fucked this boy. Y'all bragging about getting passed around. That's an accomplishment. I wonder what their goals is in life. Like, what they want to be. Like, what was the main goal when they grew up? <laughs> it just don't make no sense to me. But anyway, I'm going to move on to the next subject. Because I really don't want to talk about them chicken heads for too long. Battle with the chicken heads, y'all. They both lost. Because they done. Move it up. But also, real, y'all, before I even move on... Let's just go ahead and have a nice little prayer for these chicken heads, y'all. Go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes, put down your blunts for like two seconds, cause we gonna have to pray for these, y'all. Let's just pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I pray. We pray that you really help these chicken heads find their way. Help guide them, Lord, away from prostitution. In the name of Jesus, can you please make sure that me and none of my viewers ever have a daughter as dumb as these girls? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, please cover your hand over these chicken heads. Amen. Amen. So, now moving on to the next subject, y'all. <laughs> Anyways, thank y'all for joining me in my little ministry for a second, but we finna move on. The next thing I want to talk about, y'all, I want to talk about a little bit of good news first. Not good news. It's not really good news, but it's just something I watch. And y'all know sometimes when I like when I see interest and stuff or, you know, watch a good show or something, you know, I like to come on here and talk about it because maybe y'all want to check it out, you know, have our little discussions about it, you know. But anyways, so over the weekend, uh, while I was getting all this stuff together for this uh, podcast to record the podcast, I was watching a documentary. Now, the documentary is on Hulu and it's it's about Suge Knight. It's about Suge Knight and we all know Suge Knight as the CEO of Death Row Entertainment, the label that had Snoop Dogg, Dre, Tupac in the 90s. Y'all already know what it is. Don't got to break it down for y'all. But I was watching this documentary on him, y'all. And it was actually a really, really good documentary. And the really reason why I like it. First off, one of the reasons why I do like it is because it's not made by no white American man. Now, it is made by white people, but he ain't American. It was it was a white British man. He was European. He was from the UK. And the reason why I say that's the reason why I like that makes me like the documentary more is because I'm not sure if y'all ever noticed, but when white Americans tend to do like documentaries on like black people, like black history, like stuff that have to do with like rap and stuff like that, when they tend to do documentaries on that stuff, they tend to only get the surface level shit. They get shit that you can literally go find on Google with a few types of a word like they don't be telling you nothing new they be telling you shit that you 
already known and then they sprinkle in some interviews from the family members or some friends that's gonna tell you some more shit that you already heard but in this documentary it was made by these European white men and, re- and Europeans they tend to dig a little deeper maybe it's because they not from here they not from America you get what I'm saying so to them they actually want to know they let they actually like interested in the topic they are not just doing the topic real quick for a good book like a lot of these other people who do documentaries and stuff they actually be really deep and want to know about the history so it was these British guys and they came and they was doing the documentary and one the one thing I liked about the documentary is that they was in the hood with it okay they was in the hood with it they they went straight to Los Angeles they talked to family members family members that wasn't gonna tell you shit that you already knew they didn't really even talk to family members for it they really talked to people who friends who knew Shug Knight people who worked at death row people who worked with Tupac they was really getting some real good interviews from people that we really don't really usually hear from when it comes to this type of stuff we be hearing from the same people we hear from Dre we hear from Snoop we hear from Shug's family somebody family you know people like that but we never really hear from like the true everyday regular people that was involved in it cause they gonna tell the ideas they don't care about all this the famous shit they just gonna tell the story so it was it was really informative you really learned how like how should grew up and how he really wasn't always the type of guy that he was that we now know him as he, he was he grew up he had football scholarship he went to, i think they said he went to college for a little bit but a lot of the time people tend to fall into gangs and stuff for like that family feeling that family vibe that they feel like they get from the game that they don't get at home and that's what they was basically saying how that's how Suge was feeling and he ended up getting into the mix with you know gang members joining the gang and that's how he became the person that we know him as now but not only did they talk about Suge they talked about Tupac and they also talked about how Tupac was kind of the same way Tupac wasn't no street nigga Tupac was a very smart guy Tupac family he he came from a family of Panthers he was very in tune on his blackness he was very in tune with just how the world is and how the world treats people of color he had a very good outlook of the world I would like to say that's one thing I learned from this documentary they put some like little videos of him speaking and talking about like politics and stuff going on in the world and he used to actually say stuff that made sense that was smart like he wasn't just pulling shit out his ass he had facts to back everything he had to say up but anyways he talked about how he was very smart how he really wanted to cause a change with his rap music but when he got in tune with Suge Suge helped bail Tupac out of jail and that was at a time where Tupac really felt like ain't nobody really have his back so he felt like Suge had his back so he now he owns all that loyalty to him sad to say that's kind of a Gemini thing we we very big on loyalty you can tell Tupac is very big on loyalty and he let the downfall of Tupac was he let his loyalty blind him he let that loyalty get him into crazy ass shit that ultimately got him killed 
And they broke all of that down in the documentary. It was a dope-ass documentary. They even talked about Biggie's death a little bit and how the police had something to do with Biggie's death. And it's crazy because they actually called out another documentary by a white American man who made this documentary about Biggie's death and stuff like that. They really talked about how he, in his documentary, said that it was no evidence that the police had anything to do with Biggie's death. Like he said, after all his digging that he did, it was no evidence. But the crazy thing in this documentary, they actually found evidence. Pictures, everything. Got even had interviews with cops who said that, yeah, them police officers used to work for Suge and them police officers most likely had something to do with Biggie's murder. murder. And they literally called up that documentary and their documentary and was like, yeah, one of the most popular documentaries, one of the most watched documentaries on Biggie's death, didn't even know what the fuck they was talking about. <laughs> it's basically what they said. And that's why I really like that documentary. It's a real good documentary. Y'all should really check it out. Like I said, it's on Hulu, y'all. It's really good. But now, after I got to talking about something nice to get y'all ready for the the big foolishness I gotta talk about today. Oh, y'all already know what it is. Y'all already know what it is. The real reason why I pushed my podcast episode back. Like I said over the weekend, I was really getting all the stuff together for this podcast. And I was gonna do my podcast on Sunday because that was like the only day I had free time. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna do this podcast. But I end up not doing it. I don't know why. And when I woke up on Monday, I said, I guess God was trying to tell me something on Sunday. He was like, look, you're going to miss something big if you go if you do it today. Because when I woke up on Monday, all hell was breaking loose on Instagram, y'all. <laughs> and y'all already know what I'm going to talk about. Will Smith at the motherfucking Oscars, y'all. Will Smith at the motherfucking Oscars. Y'all seen that shit? Y'all seen that shit? It's okay. If you didn't see it, you're going to hear it. And, you know, look it up after you see it so you can actually see Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. I'm gonna play this for y'all, and you know I'm gonna be back with the rest of my commentary. You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win! <laughs> he is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord! Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so y'all just heard that foolishness. Every time I see that video, y'all, it take me the fuck out. 
bro. And for everything take me out. I look. Peter was looking, bro. She was in the back, like, ooh, shit, ooh, shit. To how fucking, to how he said, keep my wife's name <laughs> out your mouth. <laughs> Yo, that shit took me out, dog. That shit took me out. Now, that shit was the highlight of March, for sure. But, no, nah, on, on some real serious stuff. On some real serious stuff, bro. They not finna let us come back for award shows, bro. They finna put us on BET only, bro. <laughs> but, no, nah, I'm still cracking jokes. No, nah, for real. For real. For real, for real. Let, let me put my real serious voice on. For real. Y'all, this, this shit don't make no sense. Like, okay, was the joke distasteful? Yeah, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I, I get why Jada wouldn't be feeling the joke. And I get why her and Will would be upset. Because Jada is not really bought by choice. It's because of her uh, condition that she has. I think she has alopecia or something like that. And so she's not really bought by choice. So for her, it might be like an insecurity. You know what I mean? And having somebody poke fun at that, probably, you know, ain't gonna feel good. So I can understand why they was upset now would i have got the fuck up and slapped the shit out of chris rock on stage i, I ain't too sure about slapping the shit out of him on stage maybe backstage you know maybe after i got my well we ain't he ain't know he was finna win yet but like he won the award will smith so after i would have got my little award you know would have gave my little award speech i probably would have threw some shade in my award speech towards his ass and then when i see his ass in the back i probably would have slapped his ass with the oscar award <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But not on stage, on camera, in front of all these people, all these white people, not even people. I'm all these white people, bro. Yeah, you already know how they finna get the eating. You they, you know they was waiting for this moment. And, and they have, because actually, they've been dragging, like I said, this happened on Sunday. I am recording this on Thursday. And they're still talking about it. People coming out the woodworks. Oh, I'm scared to tell jokes about people on stage. Oh, oh, it was so uncalled for. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, oh, like like it happened to them. It's so many celebrities acting like it happened to them. Like what? What is you? What is what is you talking about? It ain't happened to you. Shut up. You. Well, I'm scared to get on stage and tell jokes, girl. Shut up. You. You ain't scared to get on stage. Girl, shut up. <laughs> like this gave people reasons to just get put their two cents in, and it was just a wrong place, wrong time type thing. Like I. But Will, he makes mistakes. He human. Everybody gonna make mistakes. That's why I hate when people look at celebrities and feel like celebrities are supposed to be the most holiest of thou. And like, as soon as a celebrity mess up, like everybody jumped down their throat. Like they never did nothing crazy or dumb before. You know what I'm saying? Like they never made a mistake before. Everybody makes mistakes. So how you gonna try to judge a celebrity for making a snake? Only difference about their mistake is that it's public. We get to make mistakes in private. It don't nobody really know about it. Our worst fear would probably be making this mistake and like our whole city knowing about it. That's a lot of people's worst fear. <laughs> so imagine a celebrity making a mistake and have thousands of people judging them. But anyways, I can see why he was upset. Slapping him was kind of uncalled for. The joke was distasteful, but I wouldn't say you had to go up on stage and slap the nigga. Again, in front of all the white people, especially when Jada and Will are, were one of the main people, they were one of the main black people 
talking about how the Oscars don't give black people their props. They don't nominate them like they supposed to and all this and a third. They, they, they were the ones, the main people talking about it. So now y'all here at the Oscars with your nomination and this is what you do. And not only did you kind of embarrass yourself, you just embarrassed all the black people that you say you was fighting so hard to get these nominations to make sure we was getting equal treatment when it came to our movies and stuff that's the only thing i have against will i just felt like it was embarrassing like i was embarrassed when i seen it i said oh, that's embarrassing because they was one of the main people hooping and hollering about how they don't get the how black people don't get the right nominations we don't get enough nominations we don't get recognition when it comes down to stuff like the oscars and here we are at the award show y'all acting a fool it, and it again gives gives people a reason to say like this is why they shouldn't be nominated for real look how they act is this how we want people to have our awards to be seen like literally right now the oscars are talking about possibly taking away will smith's award that he won after because of the situation like every action has a consequence shit chris Rock made that joke. His consequence was getting his ass slapped on stage. He should have he should have punched Will back. To be honest, I, I'm proud of Chris Tucker, but it couldn't be me. Or ooh, I said Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, but it couldn't be me. It cannot be me, bro. You think you finna slap me and walk back to your seat? No, we finna be tussling now. It, it's too late now. I'm really finna embarrass us. <laughs> I'm talking about Will embarrassing. No, we really finna be embarrassed up in here. Now we finna get the brawling like we in the streets. Cause it ain't no way but he chose being professional and his money over that shit which hey it's smart for him but me oh, shit that professional and that money i would have forgot all about it <laughs> they would have had to find me or something because i it would have been raps but that's just me but no for real and then the oscars it's crazy because the oscars have put out a statement they put out they're trying to save face it's crazy because they put out a statement talking about how they didn't condone will smith's action and this and the third and they actually asked him to leave after he did that to chris rock but they said he refused but then it came out people who were sitting around will smith and close friends of Will Smith said that never happened. Nobody ever told Will Smith to leave. So what, what they lying for? Who lies about that? Like you're lying about asking this man to leave the Oscar because you don't want to make it look bad that y'all let him stay after he slapped Chris Rock, except his award after he slapped Chris Rock and gave a long ass speech and went over his time while giving a speech after he slapped Chris Rock and everybody was confused at how he was able to do all that after he just slapped Chris Rock. So they tried to say that they asked him to leave, but in actuality, that never happened. That's kind of crazy to me. You see how they just be making up lies? People wake up and get on the internet just to lie. Who wakes up and get on the internet and be like, yeah, I'm gonna lie today. That just don't make no sense. A whole organization at that, like, they really just, who was they publicist? They just got up and was like, yeah, we gonna lie. That's the only way we could do it. Thinking nobody was gonna say nothing. But all the extra celebrities, comedians, they got something to say. <laughs> Talk about how they scared to get on stage, scared to tell jokes because they might get slapped and dragging Will Smith by his fucking hair. Like, it's not that serious. It ain't happening. Nobody should be mad but Chris Tucker. But they making it seem like Chris Tucker got like stabbed, kidnapped, jumped, shot at. Like, <laughs> the man only got slapped. And if he wanted to fight back, he could have. And he did. So, 
a lot of these actors, bro, they really try to play it crazy. Like, Jim Carrey, he said he was sickened to see Will Smith receive a standing ovation. Amy Schumer said she was traumatized by the Will Smith slap. Cheryl Underwood says she's afraid to do comedy on stage. Like, these people drag. It's not that serious. It's really not that serious. It was a, it was a slap yard. Yeah, acting like he choked this man out and tried to kill him. People get tired. People been cracking on Will Smith for a while. <laughs> They've been cracking on Will Smith for about two years straight. And Jada. He probably tight. Oh, well. Chris Rock a man. And he took it like one. He ain't sit there and cry about it. It is what it is. How y'all more mad to him? How y'all more traumatized to him? If he can get on stage, he just did a comedy show. If he can get on stage and do a whole comedy show, why y'all so scared? It ain't even happened to you. Delusional. Anyway, let's move on to the next subject. The next. <laughs> no, hold on. Before I get on to the last subject for the day, I knew what to bring this up. This joke was funny. Yo, y'all see when Black China, y'all know I be talking to y'all like y'all my friends. Y'all see when Black China was on Twitter. She was talking about yesterday I had to give her three of my cards. My reasons, morals, beliefs, being a single mother, no support. A mama. She said single, no child support. Why Tiger? He commented on it and said, I pay 40k a year for my son school. And he lives with me Monday through Saturday. Why would I pay child support? LOL. And why black China gonna act him bad talk about LOL? Yo. <laughs> she ain't had nothing to say, bro. How he got his son Monday through Saturday. That means she has her son one time a week. Is she crying about not getting those house? It had to give up three cars. She, she, I should have put her closer to the chicken head sake because she, she did. She, she need to be right over there with them. Cause <laughs> what? That chick don't make no sense. Come on. But that's, that's what I'm saying. When a man, when he actually taking care of his kids, bro, and he actually doing what is need to be done to make sure that his kids are straight financial-wise and emotionally, he should not be on child support. People, I feel like people just be throwing men on child support for, like, get back. Like, sometimes I understand you got to put them niggas on that shit because niggas really not do shit. But, like, for the niggas that's is, like, what's the purpose of putting them on them? You just mad at that point. You just want to do something to take their money. That's her being bitter. She just wanted their money. <sighs> you see what happens when I make baby mamas famous, bro. Don't make no sense. But oh, from that little segment, that little side part, I had to bring in real quick. Let's talk about the main thing. The main thing is the tenth episode, yo. I can't believe <laughs> I'm over here acting like I hit a hundred episodes. But still, I was sick. I've been sitting here doing this for ten episodes. And it's actually pretty cool. It's fun. Like, I like doing this. And plus, it helps me build up to what I want to be. And y'all know, of course, I'm trying to have more people on my show, get co-hosts, have interviews, all that good stuff. This bad boy ain't going to do nothing but grow. So this is only episode 10, but it's going to get bigger from now. Best to believe that. I'm going to be on it to something. The main thing we was going to talk about today, y'all know what I was. I said I was going to do for y'all last episode. I was going to break down the whole beef between NBA Youngboy and Little Dirk. Now, before I start off, the crazy thing is, y'all, it's really not a lot to this beef. When I was researching and trying to, like, see, like, what, what started it, what was really going on, and let's get to the root, and then we can talk about the song. So when I was really trying to get all the information, I'm like, damn, there's not really a lot of information here. Like, a lot of the shit with a lot of speculation, 
fans. And it was a lot of like little shit, side shit. Like I thought it was gonna be more like deep in tune. Like I thought these niggas had like real serious beef, how they was going back and forth, how they had the hood arguing with each other. <laughs> they had the hood niggas split in half, bro. Everybody was dirt and be in your boot. It really started because motherfucking Vi did a song with Janaya. While B was probably getting his motherfucking feelings about it, they got into a little argument about it. They probably talked about it and put it to the side, I guess, for a while. But then, I don't know, little shit kept happening. They kept subbing each other on songs. Boom, pow, bang. Young boy does a song with Ace Door. <laughs> they was really fighting over females. This is really crazy. Like, I really thought it was really something deeper. And I was like, nah, they was really beefing over a female. Over females. Like, over dual songs with each other females. That shit was weird. I, I thought it was gonna be some real hood gangster shit. And they over here fighting over girls, y'all. Now, I already know. After listening to both of their diss tracks, I'ma make people mad with who I say is better. But a lot of people already know how I feel about Young Boy, so I'm kind of biased. But I, I, I'm not gonna cap. I fucked with Young Boy diss track. He was saying some shit. I was like, damn. And the one thing I say about Young Boy, he came back fast. That's how fast a rapper's supposed to come back after a nigga dropped a diss track on you. He came back in less than 24 hours. That's how it's supposed to go. You ain't supposed to wait no whole week, two weeks, three days. Nah, you need to, you got a, like a day limit, a day two limit, bro. Two days of stretching, but I'll let you slide a little bit. <laughs> like, you gotta come back fast. And he did. But Little Dirk, Little Dirk's was fucking too. And y'all already know I'm saying I fuck with Little Dirk's boy. Look, Little Dirk, his shit is something I can just hear myself just banging in the court. Like, not even on no, like, just like, cause I, like I'm not no choosing sides. Like I don't listen. I listen to Dirk. I listen to a little bit of Young Boy. But to me, it, it ain't that damn deep for me to be like, oh, I ain't listening to Young Boy no more. Or, oh, I ain't listening to Dirk no more. Or oh, fuck Young Boy. Like no, it ain't that. I just fucked with his this better. Like I can bang that bitch in a car. And he was going yeah. He caught that nigga pill popper. Talking about how he was fucking his baby mama. He told Vi not to fuck with Janine because do, she do other fans. Like, damn. He was kind of eating him up a little bit. Just, just a tad bit. Yeah, I mean, come on now, y'all. He was eating him up just a little bit. <laughs> but for real, for real, I say Little Dirk won the battle. We'll see who won the war because, you know, it ain't never over. I feel like this was just the start. Y'all heard me breaking down the rhythm was really shit going on. So this is really the start of this battle. I'm gonna wrap up my episode. Thank y'all for tuning in on my tenth episode of the Blow Trap Podcast. I hope y'all got a real high with me and enjoy listening to my opinions about everything that's going on, all the foolishness, bro. Y'all know I'll be back with y'all real soon with the eleventh episode. Maybe April will have something crazy in store for us. Cause goddamn, March was crazy. Make sure y'all follow me on all social media at the King XJ on Instagram and the King J Five Hundred on Snapchat and on Twitter. And y'all know where I'll be at. Catch y'all next time.